Jen. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Knowledge Post College, where we talk about life in and after college. Before we get started with our episode, we wanted to feature an icebreaker segment. Today, in light of the fall season and Halloween holidays, let's share a scary story. What kind of scary stories did you have in mind? You know what? I was trying to think of some like urban myth or whatever to share with you all. Oh, wow. But first, I didn't have any at the top of my head. And two, you could probably search it up on the internet and, and learn it better off there than for me. Hey, it's the thought that counts. That's, that's very true. So then I was like, okay, let me think of my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, really contemplating what in what moment of my life was I very, very scared. Why are you laughing? It's just funny because, like, I feel like when you say scared, it's so general. Like, when we think of Halloween, scary, we think of, like, ghosts and stuff. But when you say, like, scared in Lifetime, I feel like usually it's not – I mean, generally, it's not about, like, ghosts. It's, like, about, like, real-life experiences, you know? That's very true. Well, first of all, I have sleep paralysis, which I once thought when I was younger. What? True. Yeah, scary. Could be, like, something – Something supernatural. Is that what you're going to share? No, because I haven't gone in a while. That's good. And I kind of forgot a lot of it, other than the fact that I'm really scared I can't move. Yeah. You know? I remember you used to get it a lot. I used to get it a lot. It kind of stopped um, this past year. Yay. I wonder maybe why. Life, maybe life is just better. That's true. Going upwards. <laughs> that is true. Maybe life is just going upwards. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to keep this short and sweet. I think there's, like, one story that came to mind that, that I can't remember when I was really scared. And it's actually not even that scary to some people, but it was scary to me. So I'm going to share it. Anyways, so the summer before college, I got a cold in summer. Who gets colds in summer is somehow I did. And it was quite a bad cold. Like, I was sniffling. I had a pretty sore throat. So I needed meds went to the doctor and I got some medicine for my sore throat but like any other place you can't just get medicine you have to drop it off at the pharmacy and wait like half an hour before it's ready for you so my pharmacy was at a safe way and I thought to myself I kind of don't want to come back here and make another trip out of it so why don't I just window shop for 30 minutes I remember the story, actually. (laughs) That's why there are aisles, right? Perfect perfect pastime. And so I was making my way to the bread section, which was like the very first section. I was going to make it all the way through all the aisles. And then, you know, hopefully 30 minutes pass. But as I was going through the bread aisle, someone asked me, how am I doing? Or how's my day? I forget one of the two. And this person was not like sketchy looking at all, like a typical normal everyday person didn't look sketchy, didn't look homeless, didn't look like a crackhead, like a regular guy who was probably 30, like much older than I was clearly, but still like a regular person. And me being a regular person, I was like, I'm doing great or good. I didn't say great. I said good. I'm doing good. And I thought that would end there because that's what social norms are. You just say good, good. All right. Bye. And this person asked me, why was I good? And so I responded. I thought it was a bit weird, but maybe they just wanted to dig into the details. I get it. Sometimes I also ask, why was your weekend good? (laughs) So then as I answered why I was doing good, even though I wasn't doing good, I actually was sick, you know, but I said I was doing good because I wanted to move on with my life. This person kept asking me more and started following me through each aisle and was like, okay, well, if you're having a good day, why don't we make it better by hanging out? And I was like, I can't hang out right now. And I didn't even have a real excuse. That's creepy. I was so caught off guard. And after you say no, you think they would leave you alone. But no, this, I said I was busy. I made up some excuse. Even though thinking back, I should have just been direct. Like, I don't want to hang out with a stranger. I'm sorry. Period. Why wasn't I just direct? Oh, you're also younger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know why. I just, I felt the need to make an excuse. Yeah. But then I was like, all right, I feel like I comfy and then I see this person in the ice cream aisle and then they were like all right if you're busy we should be friends on the phone and asked for my number and I was like no I can't I'm not from here 
<laughs> I don't even know why I said that lie. I said I didn't live around here. Like, I was from some different city visiting here for the weekend, like, visiting NorCal. I'm from SoCal. I don't even know what I was saying at that point. It's not funny at all. I was actually, like, generally just, like, shook it. And, like, yeah, you're just, like, you're just frozen. spitting out things, huh? I was just spitting out things. You think it would end, but I saw this person for a third time in a different aisle. And then at th- that point, that person was like, I don't see why we can't be friends on the phone because it doesn't require physical like location and I just didn't even know what to respond at that point so I was like I'm sorry I just can't I'm actually really busy I have to go now so I freaking sped walk my way outside of Safeway I think I saw the person walking behind me and I just crossed the street on a red and like sped walk home the whole time kept looking back and that is the end of the story and it doesn't sound very scary but to me I felt low-key stalked by someone who did not look like a stereotypical like you know sketchy person and moral of the story now I can't answer people ASAP when someone asks me how's my day and you're a stranger because I will always feel like I'm accidentally getting myself into something else that's crazy see but your scary is like real life scary like people scary like, be careful of random strangers that you meet in person. But that is scary. Like, just like a no is a no, and this means it's like following you and making you feel uncomfortable. I think I was very young, too. I was like 17, and this person looked 30. Yeah. The dynamic. I mean, I think I still feel creeped out, though, even if I'm like in my 20s. But maybe it's just more that, like, you'd handle it differently. Like, you'd be more like stern and be like, no, you know, versus like when you're younger, you feel like. Like, they have more power over you, you know? Yeah, and I was clearly spitting up, like, BS, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I should have been like, sorry, I don't want to hang out with someone I just met, period. And maybe that would have ended it. Hopefully. Who knows? Who knows, though? You know? But it's, yeah, it's what you said, like, scary. It's, like, in TV shows, it's, like, something supernatural. But in real life, scary is something that's, like, an everyday scenario it's not like ghosts and stuff every day when you wake up <laughs> just scary life like, is scary like, like like regular scenarios people people yeah. are scary people are scary my story is actually supernatural so i think i told you the story too but here we go buckle up no i'm just kidding but basically um when i was really young and i was in korea it was me and my mom because my brother I know and this dad story. Yes, I told you. I said you knew the story. Uh, my dad and brother were in America first because they were, you know, testing the waters, whether they like America or not. Um, and um, me and my mom were still back in Korea. And they were, like, in that mist of, like, whether we wanted to, like, immigrate to America or whatever. But while me and my mom were alone, it was late at night. I was literally, like, super young. I think, like, I was five years old. Super young, and it was late at night, and I don't remember much, but this, like, fragment of night, of a night, basically, it was late at night, the, we were in my mom's room, because I slept next to her, and we turned off all of the lights, and my mom was laying right next to me, and my mom has a habit of not fully closing the door, she feels suffocated when the door is fully like closed so she always has to like open a little bit like a little crack of the door open and it's slightly creepy honestly because I'm always like growing like now I always have to close my doors um I just feel like weird about it but my mom is opposite where she always has to keep it like not even fully open it has to be like slightly open so basically it was like that and all I remember is that through that through that darkness and that slight sliver through the door, I saw a little boy that was, I don't know how tall, but like around the height to the doorknob. And it felt like, it looked like a typical ghost. You know what I mean? Like they were, they got that like blue wash to them. And um, I don't like no eyes. Like it's just like a black hole basically. And that's, like, a small fragment that I remember, but I forgot about it. Uh-huh. Lived my life. And, honestly, I was really young. So, like, growing up, I thought I just made it up. Or maybe it was a dream. A bad dream, you know? 
And then one time, me and my mom, um, we we're just like joking around. We we're like drawing and like stuff like that. And basically, I started drawing that little kid that I saw, like as a joke. And then I was like, kind of like telling my mom about the story. Like I don't remember if I was making it up or like if I had a bad dream. But this is like a little boy I saw when I was young, and she started like freaking out and she got like goosebumps and she was like no I thought you would have not you wouldn't have remembered because you were a little kid but I saw the little boy when I was with you and she told me the full story where it was like late at night we were already sleeping and we both woke up at the same time looked at that door and we both screamed and then I started crying because I'm a little kid and then my mom and then I don't remember the rest of the story but my mom said um later on she turned on the lights because she was super scared and then she was like just cuddling me and like um helping me fall back asleep but she was telling me like she was really scared and but like there was weirdly a comfort of knowing that, like, I was with her, even though I'm a little baby, just, like, knowing there's someone with me. And then also that, like, she she would have thought, like, maybe she saw something weird, but we both woke up at the same time. And even me as a baby, we, we were both screaming at the same time. So it was crazy. Like, I don't know. To this day, was it, I guess? What was it that I saw? Maybe we're both hallucinating. <laughs> maybe we're both making it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself into thinking it wasn't a real experience. But I don't know. It's like a strange thing that me and my mom now like to talk about and laugh about at certain points. And that's the only time like I've never really seen anything else. Maybe we're both tired. You know, I don't know. But that is the closest thing to a ghost story that I have. That is great. That is quite supernatural, I must say. Right. I think the fact that you both saw the same figure... Like what when I drew it, scary. it was I wasn't like, oh my gosh, whatever. But like she knew exactly like what I was talking about when we drew it. Because we like, never really talked about the what we saw. The fact before. that it's like two people, not one. Yeah. Because then if it's like one, especially with like my sleep paralysis stuff, I'm just like maybe I'm in over my head. But when someone else, like, also has that same vision, it's like oh, maybe right. I'm not in over my head. Right. Maybe it so. did happen. Who knows? Who knows? But now, not really because of that, but I do close my door when I sleep. But my mom still keeps it open. That's like That's my little thing. Too. My parents. Yes. I don't like it. Like, yeah. I never liked it because I feel like something can creep in. Yeah, I feel like someone, like it's so much easier for someone to like just come in. I mean, if I mean, I don't keep my door locked, so I guess like anyone can come in at any time. But I don't know. It just feels weird knowing that there's a crack of my door open. Maybe someone can like be looking at me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like the ghost. Like, like the ghost. <laughs> I was going to say, like, um, when I was alone and I took naps in undergrad and, like, none of my roommates came home yet, um, I like to close the door. But sometimes, like, just because by habit, I was used to having a slight little gap. I started doing that. Right? Like, by ha- I hate that, too. I hate because I feel like someone can just, like, peek in. Yeah, but I like, like it. I, inst- I remember I was, like, not naturally doing that, even though I hate that just because I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, I have to close it when I'm alone because then, you know how it makes a little, like, noise when someone opens it? Oh, that's another thing, too. Yeah. It'll wake me up. That's why. That's why I do it. Because I don't want someone to come in and, like, I don't know. I just got goosebumps imagining, like, someone walking in while I'm sleeping and, like, me not noticing because the door's already open. Okay, now I'm yeah. scared. That's actually why, like, when um, we lived together in senior year and, like, if one of us was alone and I would take a nap, um, I would, like, either do it in the living room so I know if someone came in, even though I actually used to hate sleeping in the living room because it's closest to, like, the front door, or if I slept in her room. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't feel that protective sleeping in the living room alone. I <laughs> love a nap from the living room. I love a nap from the couch. I did it all the time, though, because I felt yeah. like if someone came in, I would never run away. Or number two, if I slept in her room, I would always close the door, I think. So then if someone came, I could hear it, like, ASAP. Yeah. I don't remember if we used to always close the door before we slept at night. I feel like we did. We did, we did. I feel like we did, because I remember, like, Cause I do this thing where I have to go pee before I sleep. Like, 
it has to be like five minutes before I sleep. So if I went 10 minutes beforehand, I have to go again, um, basically. But yeah, I remember now, now that I'm thinking back at it, I remember like going peeing and then opening the door and then closing the door. Yeah, because strangely, I like being woken up when someone comes in. Yeah. So then I can see like, oh, it's just Jen or it's someone else. Stop. That's so scary. Can't be someone else. I got to be like ready. <laughs> Whatever the fuck I can do if I'm ready. But True. yeah, that's creepy. Huh? That is creepy. But now that we're done with this icebreaker, great stories. Um, for our ninth episode, we want to catch up with everyone and talk about our recent vacation, as well as talk about the differences between our vacation as an adult versus when we were students. Okay, traveling. So if y'all didn't know, we recently went on a trip together and now we are renaming it our annual one week long trip. So where did we go for a week this year? Well, this year, as we do, as we did last year, we contemplated a few different cities. Um, but this year, we ultimately decided on going to New York City. Woo! The Big Apple. Woo. Well, that's such a what a what a what an introduction. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm. I was. It's kind of funny. This is like off tangent, but I was re- recently going through like my Google Drive, and I like to keep all of like my past trips and like itineraries and all that stuff, um, in like different folders. And I was just going through memory lane and looking at like past year's folder. And I found like a video of me like self-recording uh, like a bunch of different options that we could go for our trip. And it was just funny to look at. But yeah, here we are one year later and we already went on our trip. I remember that video. Yeah, I tried to make it interactive too. I was like, guess which city this is. I'll give you three hints. Okay, you have three seconds. <laughs> that was like almost a year ago, too. I think it was November. Yeah. Yeah. Here. That's crazy. But yeah, so we went on our annual week-long trip. And I feel like traveling with a friend can be a hit or miss. Um, I've definitely heard stories where it's like it kind of ruined their friendship and made people grow distant. But at the same time, there's definitely so many pros to it and like, the stories where people got so much closer or feel so much closer and just enjoyed spending time with one another outside of the city they usually hang out at. So let's talk about what's it like traveling with your friend. Yeah, I mean, traveling with a friend in general, I think, um, is great company. I think like if you guys click well and you guys have a different or a similar type of traveling. I feel like there's different types of traveling. Like, are you ones that like to splurge on a nice hotel? Are you ones to splurge on better food? Are you ones to save on food, but want better transportation? I don't know. Like there's different types of traveling. And if I think like in order for traveling with friends to work, you have to have a type of traveling or one has to be able to like accommodate to the other um which I think that part can get kind of tough but yeah I think overall traveling with a friend is really fun I think when you have someone um that you click with because well one because you have a friend you have more food you're able to eat more like having more I think it also gives me more like courage to do um some of the things that you want to do sometimes it's hard to do things alone eat all the food that you want to eat and things like that so I would say that's kind of like a big perk of traveling with a friend but what about you in general like how is it like traveling with a friend yeah great question I was going to say, I think I mostly only have good experiences, but I did have one iffy experience. It wasn't terrible. Um, But for the most part, I've had good experiences. And it is nice because it's like you're in this new place that you're not very familiar with. And like to some people, it can be kind of like scary to want to do everything all alone um, from public transportation to like coming home late at night by yourself. So I enjoy having like someone to do these things with. 
But at the same time, I feel like it's not just about having a buddy to do things with. It also strengthens my friendships with others because it's like, wow, like we took our friendship to the next level and traveled together and like spent 24-7 with one another. You know, like you live Definitely. with these people and like you wake up and you see them and then like you have to go through a whole itinerary with them. Well, actually, you don't have to. I've had I've had situations where like I've split up with people um, during some parts of the day. But like for our particular trips, we spend most of the time with one another if not all of the time yeah each other so i i definitely agree um you know i saw this one tiktok where like they say yeah your group chat made it or your trip made it out of the group chat but did your friend group make it out of the trip (laughs) and i thought that was funny because like people say even with like living situations right like you could be good friends but they might not be good roommates because you don't know how they are like on a daily basis. That's the same thing with traveling. Like, yeah, you guys might be good friends, but you've never, if you've never been together 24 seven, you don't know how, what they're like um, when they're waking up, you know, when they're angry, cranky, I feel like you can get really cranky during um, trips because as glamorous and fun traveling is, it's also super tiring. Um, So yeah, it's definitely difficult, and I could see how there's some sort of truth in that little funny TikTok where they say, like, did the friendship make it out of the trip? I agree. And, like, even if, like, it didn't end bad or anything, I feel like with some iffy situations, you might even think, like, hmm, do I just want to hang out with this friend, like, on a regular basis versus, like, going on a trip type of thing? Definitely. But now let's talk about traveling with each other. What do you think, like, makes us really good travel buddies? Well, if I must say so myself. Um, you, may, you may say so yourself. Thank you for permission. It was rhetorical, <laughs> but all right. Thank you for the room. To You're speak. welcome. I think various factors. I think definitely similar values and interests. But I think when it comes down to it, it's really just respect for one another. True. It's like being respectful of that you are here and there's so much you want to do. Also being respectful of what someone else wants to do and you like kind of come up with the itinerary together versus like one person like proposing I want to do all of this and you just kind of have to follow me or vice versa there are some people who have no opinions and they don't want to do any of the planning and they don't want to give any suggestions um and then they kind of come to you to do everything and that can also like be a con in itself but I think what makes us work out it's like being reciprocal and respectful of one another yeah I definitely think it's accommodating like I feel like it's accommodation and super, like, the openness. Because I feel like we're both, like, really open to experiences. Like, we're not super closed off. I feel like there's never been a time where I, like, suggested something and you were like, no, right off the bat. Or, like, vice versa. And I feel like if there's something that we're not, like, completely sure about, it's more like, oh, like, how about we do this instead? You know, like, we're not completely shutting each other off. And just super accommodating if there's one day we want to do this, you're, I'm open to going it with you. But then you're also like, okay, now you can do whatever you want and I'll follow you, you know, super accommodating. But I also want to go back to that um, fact that you were talking about how like one person can be the planner and like the one, the other person like doesn't like to plan and doesn't do anything. I think like that can be problematic, but at the same time, I think like if one person's a strong planner and the other person doesn't mind doing all of the things that the other person, like, plans on doing, then I think it's fine. I think it's about, like, what do both people want? And if it works out, it works out. But if both people have strong opinions and they can't accommodate, then that's where it goes wrong. And if they both if both don't have opinions, I think that's fine um, as long as they're both, like, willing to go with the flow. But I think the best co- – like best combo is like one person can be a planner and then the other person comes with inputs and then you kind of like mix match like mix and match like the things that you want to do and then come to a conclusion together like accommodating together yeah being like collaborative and cohesive would be ideal but if not I think the other scenarios would work too yeah but I think I'll go on no 
go ahead. I think that is like the foundation for a good trip, not a great trip. Ooh. That's so that's what, what do you trip. think? What do you think is the differentiator between a good versus great trips? And by the way, if you can even get it to the good trip, that's pretty darn good in my opinion. <laughs> you don't have to reach you did great it. level. <laughs> You're right, you did it. It's fun. You got to go with your friends and then you guys both enjoyed it and you're doing all the things you want to do or one person gets to do their initial plans and the other person enjoys the ideas from the first person. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still good, you know? But what makes it great, you think? The secret sauce to a great trip, right? (gasps) I want to know. I feel like this isn't one you can really control that much, though. That's the hard part. Um, It's a a unique, rare layer, in my opinion. You're really building up to this. (laughs) You're really building up to this. What is it? The build-up. Well, I feel like maybe because our trips are also a bit longer, that they always feel way too short to me anyways. They never feel long, actually. But to some people, like, one week probably is on the longer side of trips because some people maybe do more, like, three-day trips with their friends. But, um, but yeah. One week with someone, um, you could honestly – like, I feel like with some friendships, maybe because for me, I have – a spectrum of friendships where there are some that I can talk to them for like a meal and like a dessert and maybe 24 to 48 hours but a whole week with someone and like to continuously have things to talk about um during like all those passing periods whether it's like the long commutes um I think the recipe to a great trip is really like being with a friend where you can talk about a lot of things and also Mm -hmm. enjoy each other's silence because maybe you can do it for like 48 hours to like 72 but a whole darn week that's a lot of time together yeah (laughs) Um, to both like continue talking but also knowing when to enjoy each other's like silence that's so so true I think that's like the secret sauce when you don't have or when you don't feel awkward in the silence and you don't feel like you have to make up a conversation during those silences because there's yeah. many times where we're traveling and, oh, we have many silences. Like, you know, at night, we got to have our own time, go to sleep. And then, you know, during the days when we're tired, we're definitely not talking to each other, we're, like, focus on just getting to a destination or something. Um, but it's never, like, awkward or anything. But I, I definitely agree. Like, having that comfort, I think, within the person um, in any situation is definitely definitely a good secret recipe i would say secret ingredient so thank you for the build up the build up well because i feel like with some you can like probably like what if like you talked about all that you had to catch up on within the first two days and then you have like four days of where you're just waiting for like the event that you do whether it's like a tour or like a museum and when you don't have that it's like nothing to talk about and someone feels awkward and someone doesn't feel awkward about the silence it's like I, I definitely agree, but I guess it's just hard to, like, know, you know, right? Like, like what defines a relationship that's comfortable? Like, how do you know that you'll feel okay with silences? Is it, like, knowing that prior, like, prior to trips, like, if you have that friendship and you know when you're hanging out for a longer period of time, like, you don't feel like you have to make up conversations? Or is it, like, the number of years you've been in friends with? Like, what makes... A relationship comfortable and, and get to that level so that you know you'll feel that comfort when you're traveling that is so true yeah I think for me it's like when I ha- have longer hangouts with people and I just feel okay with it and comfortable I guess living with people help too like if you're, you've been roommates and then like you've lived together every day and then you go on a trip but if it's not the roommate thing it's more of the being comfortable with longer hangouts on the regular yeah that makes sense that is a unique secret sauce yeah not a mandatory at all exactly and I feel like it's hard to like really know how to get to that secret sauce right like there's no like recipe to get to that secret sauce you know it's maybe it's secret for a reason (laughs) but (laughs) yeah um I definitely agree but let's go back to one point that I was saying um about traveling that there's different types of traveling Mm -hmm. like whether we, whether someone likes to splurge on a nice hotel, you know, eat 
someone likes to eat a bunch of food. Some people aren't foodies, you know, they like to look at sites more than foods. So what kind of traveling types do you think we are? (laughs) Oh, I think we're definitely foodies. (laughs) But we're not like bougie every day, though. We enjoy like cheap meals just as much as we enjoy like nice dinner, fine dining. It's like I think we just love good eats like it doesn't matter if it's cheap if it's medium if it's a bougie restaurant like if that looks good I feel like we would love to like spend our money on it which extra layer again I didn't think of you can be a foodie but you can still not get along because then there's like foodies who only want to do like fine dining and then there are foodies who only want to do like more street food style or cultural spend yeah or just cultural yeah like maybe I want to eat more like Asian food but like they want to eat more like other cuisines you know <laughs> so like it's even an extra you can't just be yeah. a foodie you have yeah to be and, a I, say, and I say asian cuisines in general because we i feel like get asian everywhere food. we go we have to go to a chinatown <laughs> we always look for a chinatown or koreatown but That's it's just so what funny. we like you know That's we what we like asian cuisine we really do like every place we go we try to yeah. like squeeze in like an Asian meal to. that becomes like that it gets so good that like we find other places nearby <laughs> that we end up going to like another Asian I love place it. even though it was not part of the plan at all exactly and I think also um we're also I mean I'm a big planner so I'm always like a big itinerary girl and I feel like you're you always follow with that itinerary as in like you love I feel like you, you don't like love doing like writing down everything but you'll do it with me you know like this time I didn't do the itinerary beforehand and I love the collaborative itinerary that we did for New York so we got to New York we were super busy honestly with work um both of us right beforehand so I feel like we didn't really have that much time to like really focus on like the itinerary aspect and I think in the end it worked out and I was kind of glad that we did that because I feel like when we came to New York and we spent that first night going through everything together it felt nicer because like we were together in the same space and then we also kind of had a clear idea of like how we want to spend the next few days now that we're actually here agreed it was nice like mapping things out together too Mm -hmm. but I love that we always have some kind of itinerary because it's like we have something to go off of and I also love that though like even though we have an itinerary I feel like sometimes people assume like itineraries like people are strict like you have to follow the plan but we're not like that at all like we have an itinerary for like a base structure as like an idea of what we can do during that time during that day but we honestly never go in the same exact order or time but I we always love having it because it's like oh, you know, we don't want to waste time figuring out um, what we want to do that time. And especially during traveling, like you said, like it goes by so fast at the end of it. We're like, how did it, how was one week already gone? So like, I th- I realized time is really gold and you really want to treasure time and like really save on time. So having an itinerary really helps, um, you know, not waste time. It really does. I'm like, I wasn't always, like, the biggest foodie on my family trips, at least. I kind of was, but I kind of wasn't. Um, but I think if there's one thing I like to, like, plan out, it's, like, what we're going to eat. <laughs> because, like, if I'm going to spend money on food, I want it to be something that's kind of special to the place we're traveling to and not something I can get, like, back in my home city. That's the one thing that will be on. <laughs> that I didn't True. Remember. Unless it's, like, special. Remember we in Hawaii, we got uh marugame which we can get Mm, here yeah but it feels different you know it feels different in hawaii but yeah we love spending on on like the local foods food eats agreed so what kind of traveler are you then like i would definitely say food like foodie traveling and then i mean like i still love doing the attractions and like the main tour things like that but I feel like now that I've gotten older I love more of the local things like what maybe if I have a friend that lives in that area like what they like to do and get their tips and then things like that like some things that like maybe it's not the biggest tour Mm. tourist attraction but it's like a fun maybe little like more low-key or like I don't know fun things to do but yeah, not that I don't go to like tourist attractions, but I I do love more local um, attractions or f- 
foods, things like that. I like both, but when I asked the question, that was not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? <laughs> and I was like, are you more of like a like sightseeing, like naturey type of traveler or more of like a city or more of neither and just like kind of chill indoors? Like I feel some like people that's... just kind of run out of place to chill indoors, like a staycation. I feel like it's different because um, it just depends on where I'm going, right? Like I love staying like looking at nature going on walks if I'm at a more naturey area let's say like I'm going to Big Bear then yes I'm going to go on walks you know do all of those stores sort of stuff let's say if we're going to a bigger city like I would love to see more of the tourist attractions things like that and do the local stuff um would I purposely look for nature if I'm in a big city no like so it really just depends on where I'm at but I also don't limit – I feel like some people limit their traveling to just nature or just city. Like, I love all all sorts of traveling. And so it just depends on what type of city or area I'm at. So let me toss that question back to you. Like, what kind of traveling are you? Like, nature, city? Like, do you go on more city, big cities on purpose? Or do you like to go on more, like, nature areas? Honestly, I feel like I did a good mix of both in my lifetime. I think I don't do much staycation, so that's the one that I'm more rare on. Or you kind of just, like, book, like, a nice, like, hotel or um, Airbnb and you kind of just stay in all day. Like, I haven't done much of those. Nothing against it. I just haven't necessarily um, done that with my family growing up. Um, And maybe that has influenced my adulthood. Who knows? But in terms of nature or, like, city life, I have done a decent mix of mo- both. It kind of just depends. But out of the two, I will say I lean towards, like, cities just a bit more. Yeah. But I guess it also, like, even in your if you're in a big city, technically if you're, like, a super nature lover, like, you would still look for that nature wherever you go, right? <laughs> and like, let's a say- park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. So would you say, like, you do look for that nature aspect in big cities too? Like, do you like going to parks and stuff? I do it for like a day. I wouldn't do it for like all five days of the week. Yeah, but like when you're in bigger cities, then would you like to see like tourist attraction, like bigger, I don't know, like sightseeing and things like that? I think if I'm in a big city, I want to do the tourist attractions, but also eat the popular foods. Full circle, back to food. Yeah. What else would I want to (laughs) do? It depends how much time I have, actually. That's true. Yeah, I feel like because Paris, we had so little time. I definitely wanted to hit the Eiffel Tower and, like, the Louvre and everything. If I had more time, I'd want to, like, wander off, like, the random streets of Paris more and, like, get some local coffee and bread. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, now that we're doing our week-long annual – wait, annual week-long vacation, um, and this is our second year – this is our second year of using PTOs for breaks as an adult. How do you think it is? How do you think it's different using our PTOs as an adult versus like having set vacation breaks as students? Well, I used to complain about vacation breaks being too short, but they're really not now that I'm an adult. They're so long. They were so long. They were so long. I feel like spring break was the shortest, and that's a week. Yeah, and look at us. Like, and when I hate spring about... break being so short because I like yeah. two. Like winter was always two, maybe three, depending what school you went to, and then summer was always like two, three months, which is amazing. But I used to hate the one week spring break, and now I wish I had a designated one week spring break. Exactly, and look at us. Like when we're talking about our week long trip, we're like talking about how long it is. You know, we're like. You know, to some people, this can be long. And usually it is. Like, it's hard to take off, like, one week of PTO um, as an adult. And, like, this trip when I went to New York, I didn't even take off the full week. I just took off two days. Um, So, yeah, it's hard out there being an adult. Is there anything else that you think is a difference or something that you miss or something you like better taking off days as PTO? Well, I like having designated break time because everyone's off too. So it doesn't feel like everyone's like working while you're the one that's off type of thing. Um, so that was nice just having like it given to you versus having to ask almost. 
and what else what else did I like about it I mean, it was much longer which was nice what I don't like about it though everyone's off so that's actually a con at the same time so then when you travel it's probably more expensive and like either like really hot in the summers or really cold in the winters and air flights are probably and hotels are probably more expensive but now that like because you like set your own schedule and when you want to take PTO um, taking it in the fall or like spring is actually quite nice because like you're not going when all of the students are off for break and like you're not going during that time when everyone's buying like flights and hotels so could be a pro as well now that I'm thinking it through that's definitely a dead pro like I think before you're right like even though I had those like vacations set as a student I knew like my bigger trips would happen in summer and it would be in those designated times Um, and it was definitely expensive you know the flights are at their peakest you know peak the highest peak yeah um but yeah like you said now that we're adults like um we can choose the time and although it's limited and short um I do think like I travel more in different seasons now than I did before but I definitely miss how long our breaks used to be in the set times because like because I guess the flexibility of like choosing the time and is good for the different seasons that we're traveling as an adult. But at the same time, we don't get like designated dates and time like we did as students. And so it's hard to know when the next break or vacation will be. Like even now I'm like, I don't know when my next vacation will be. And it's more like it's on you to set that and it's not given to you, you know. That's true. You can't really pre-plan like a year ahead. Mm-hmm. You can't like thing. look forward to it. Like like a year from now, like I have no idea what kind of vacations I'll be going. But as students, I knew exactly like which dates I had off. That's true. It's not given. You have to ask. Mm-hmm. I will say though, now that we had this fall trip um, and we haven't had a long spring trip, but I actually think like I do like traveling spring, fall in terms of weather because it's not blazing hot or like wintry cold it's like a good like in I between love weather it. Yeah. yeah i actually really do enjoy the weather yeah me too but, but here not we are given yeah always going during the summertime yeah and i feel really lucky that like for me for the most part if i ask i can take it off because i know that there are probably some not so fortunate situations where like you can ask for like PTO and then you might have it like objected or you might feel afraid that like your job might be like taken away from you or something like used against you so I definitely feel like I have some kind of like you know like you get a little anxious you know like building up to like taking the break and then also like when you're on the break you're like oh my gosh like I think like you said like feeling that um, responsibility like everyone else is working and you're not so you feel like oh shoot like am I not doing enough like well, oh sh-. like it just feels weird first when you're a student like you knew everyone took it off so like you don't feel bad about it everyone's taking a break everyone's at the same like level as you I guess agree but I've learned that, you know PTO is your right you know and I've kind of learned to like not just like ask but you know inform let it be more mm-hmm. informative like hey I'll be taking this time off, but you know, like you've done the preparation, like you're going to finish all of your projects, like give it a little background, but let it be more informative. Like, but I will be taking these days off instead of being like, Oh, can I please take these days off? You know, but I get it. It's like really different with each job. Like, I guess maybe I'm just more blessed that I am able to do that versus like, I know some people don't have the luxury to be like uh, more informative than ask. Yeah, if I was out there saving lives on the daily, I don't know. It's different, right? Yeah. But I do feel fortunate that for the most part, I can be in a place to also just kind of tell. And also, like, know that when I come back, like, the work is still there, kind of just waiting for me to pick it back up. Um, I feel like if I was in a more, like, customer-facing role, maybe it might be a little different or I might need to find a cover but for the most part for me 
I'm just like, I'll just come back with work and that's, that's okay. Yeah. So if you can wrap it up in like one sentence of like the difference, what do you think that would be? Gosh, I said such different themes there. Like we were talking about seasons and then we were talking about timing. I know, right? So that's like, but what do you think one in one sentence that highlights the biggest difference or all of that maybe? I'm going to think about it for a minute. As you should. Unless you have a sentence you want to share it to I the do crowd not. first. <laughs> I do not. I can think about it with you. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Let me explain. Because you're probably like, what the fuck did I just talk about? No, I feel like I kind of get it. Because um, I had a job, right? You're making money. You're no longer a student. Um, so you have the power to like choose your own time and date. And also you have money to spend, at least more money to spend, um, which is great. But then you have so much responsibilities too. Like it's not just given to you anymore. Like you have to plan out. I mean, it'd be nice to tell your employer two weeks ahead of time, right? You have to be responsible. You have to plan it out earlier. And you have to be responsible about, you know, the aftermath as well by taking this time off versus when you're still a student, you don't really think about it because you don't request it. You're just given it, right? You don't think about all of the cons or also you don't think about preparing the handoff documents before you go and you don't prepare to catch up. So with great power, which was the pros, comes great responsibility. That's the cons. Yeah. That is my one sentence. And I had great to validate job. that I remembered this quote correctly. And you did. You got that validation. Because I kept thinking, like, I remember great responsibility, but was great power the right thing that came up for <laughs> it? Um, yeah. Anyways, that's my sentence. Good job. Passing the baton. <laughs> well, I think mine isn't a quote. It'll just be my an original sentence oh, by, true, true. by Jen Kim. So I don't think, I don't know if it'll be nearly as good as this quote that's been around for years but I will say I think enjoy the time that that's been given out as students and and take power (laughs) take power in your decisions as an adult because I think like as a student you're given those specific dates and time. And I think you should really enjoy it because as an adult, you don't get that luxury. Um, And you really do take it for granted when you're a student. So enjoy the time that's given out to you. But as an adult, it's really up to you to use those PTOs. And I know maybe there's like, you're afraid to use it or like, it doesn't even have to be big trips, right? Um, Maybe you don't have to have a, big plan tripped out but like a PTO is your right and I think you know learn to take power in the PTOs that you take and use it with great like use it to your benefit because um actually like recently my coworker this weekend just took PTO and I don't know maybe it's just the different generations but he definitely gets more anxious taking it and I could tell you know like he's always like I'll be on the phone like one phone away oh I'll be on vacation but don't worry like I've done this you know and like even today like he's technically on PTO today but like he was on slack this morning like messaging about work a little bit but I think you know take power in that like you took that PTO you deserve it turn off that cell phone use it to your full advantage and because, like, you don't have that given time anymore as a student, you should really enjoy and soak up the time that you get to use, the limited amount of time that you get to use. So that is my little explanation to an original Jin Kim sentence of enjoy traveling. Your, yes, enjoy your breaks while you have it and take power in your PTO. Yeah, as an adult. So that will be all as a subject is such a luxury and I so and so like for me I really take it like I really appreciate 
any like you for going to this trip with me for New York. And I understand that it's a luxury to be able to have a lifestyle to do so. And so I'm just super thankful. And I just wanted to reiterate that point before we leave off. But yeah, passing it on to you. Is there anything you want to like, one final thing you want to say about traveling in general, maybe? Very heartwarming. No, I was just going to say my heart goes out to those who don't have PTO. Um, Because growing up, my parents didn't really have PTO. So they would just take days off without getting paid and spend a lot of money. Like when you're not getting paid. Two, you're spending a lot of money. For a whole family. Yeah, for a whole family. Like when we go on our trips, we spend so much money, but at least it's for ourselves. It's just like one person, you know? And we get paid, you know, to take it off, which is great. Um, Also, you're more... I don't want to say, like, anyone's replaceable because I think everyone's irreplaceable. Aww. But I think, like, for, like, blue-collar jobs, like, one, you don't get PTO and you're more replaceable, which is very sad. So my heart goes out to those who don't get PTO. And also those who are, you know, working, like, jobs as, like, you know, in the ER or something where there's, like, literally human lives at stake. So it might feel even, like, more guilty to take that time That's off. That's so true. Thankful for the life I get to have in terms of traveling because... I think it's, like, one of the most expensive things <laughs> that you can do, right? Because yeah. so much goes to it. But, I mean, with that being said, there are ways to, like, you know, budget for your trip. And also, you don't always have to live in, like, the most fanciest places or eat the most expensive foods. Like, you can still make it work out. But either way, like, it's something that not, you know, every single person can experience, And to be able to experience that with someone who's on the same page with you, who's willing to put in that time and money is also like an added bonus in luxury. Definitely. just as thankful. Yeah. You. Okay. So that's the end of our ninth episode. Thanks for tuning into our Knowledge Post-College podcast. you like what you heard and you want to learn more about us we have new content every thursday so be sure to check out our instagram youtube and blog which is also at knowledge post college you can now support knowledge post college via anchor payments starting at 99 cents a month chat soon next thursday